We return now to our party and the wine cellar of the old haunted house, just after they defeated a couple bandits and looted a bunch of footlockers. So, and in total, you guys got 63 gold. And you can divvy it out if you want, all together, unless you want one person to hold all the gold, which... Uh, me would be very much inclined to try to keep some. Can I try to pocket, like, out of the three chests that I opened, can I try to pocket them? Yeah, if you want to. I, um, it depends I on five to hand how much these guys are paying attention. Um, you can roll against their passive perception if you want. What is your guys' okay. passive perception? Uh, I got a 15. I have an 11. All right, so you got to beat a 15. 17. 17. All right. <laughs> you pocket one of the golds. <laughs> Shmi just does it like, he like, like just kind of looks look so giddy and so guilty, but he like puts one of the gold sacks in his chest. And he's like, Shmi only found two gold sacks in these three. So weird. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. 56 now. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I guess technically Shmi already took the one earlier, right? So now Shmi yeah, has 14. Um, yeah, which means there is 49 left. And Coxon, you took one as well. So that means there's 42 yep. left. And uh, Carwin, <laughs> you took one as well. So that means there's 35 gold left to divvy out. I mean, I would think Carwin just holds hers out because... You know, like, she was like to the captain, like, here you go, captain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So 42 gold then Coxwin, add it to your sheet. Yep. All right. Now that you guys have made it through all of these wooden chests in this room on the very far side of this room, there are two wooden doors on the east side. Yar. All right there, folks, we've been doing some enough here. Let's get to move on. Which door do you think we should go through this time? Help. Oh. As you approach the doors on the east end of the room, the door to your left appears normal, but the one ahead has a wooden bar across it, held in brackets on the frame, and the door itself reads the word DANGER. It's scrawled on the door in common tongue using chalk. Ah. Anybody else up for another fight? I do believe this one might be keeping a beastie inside. Would Carwin know that that's where they came out? Because you said earlier that it looked like they came out of the shadows or out of the walls. They totally... Would she have remembered that that's... I think so. Roll me insight. That's a 7 plus 2. A whopping 9. That's a 9. Yeah, you're not sure. It's definitely this direction, though. Halp 100% wants to go through the the barred door. Okay. Yeah, so do I. Okay. We're not going to even check the other door. We're just going to go today. <laughs> oh, we can Shmi's check the other door next. <laughs> yeah, Shmi's off kind of just following along with the gold on him, just being like, I got gold, I got gold. Sweet. Uh, sorry, what was that, Shmi? Nice. We all got gold, Captain. Look. Aye. Aye, we did all get gold. You just seem a little more cheery than usual. Like, you may have... Got a little it, more than you say. Uh, but you wouldn't do that now, would ya? No, Captain. Shmi's happy because no more ghosts. And Shmi got gold. And right. shoe. He kind of holds and up the, the shoe that it's like half eaten now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was an old tale about a shoe once. 
And the reason why we didn't see any ghosts in here is because the shoe was the only thing that had a soul left in here. Uh, um, you've given me something to think on, Captain. I, I'm going to crack open that uh, door with a bar in it and okay, uh, fling so, the door wide um, open. As you get a little bit closer to this bar, you can tell. Before you open it, I want you to know that you examine the bar and you can see that it is a little bit damaged and bent, as if something has tried to push this door open from the other side. Yar, well, the information I assume that there was a beastie inside here looks to be rather true. Are you all up for a fight? Hal prepares um, his trident and growls a little bit. And perhaps there, Carwin, you do have those two healing potions. Perchance, uh, Help and I might take a swig of them to get our health back. Indeed. Here you go. I two thank healing you. potions. Mm. Help is gonna just eat the whole bottle and all. <laughs> I, that's one way to do it. All right. So Roll me one d four healing and one d four damage. Um, so when you guys drink or eat, I guess, assuming the magical red fluid in this vial, you get two d four plus two hit points back. Oh damn! You got the max rolls. Make sure to say them out loud. I rolled a five, so I. <laughs> I rolled uh, an eight plus two. Oh, yeah. Help nods to Carwin as a thank you. You are very welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed eating something not on the improved list. Okay, you, Captain Coxon, you lift the bar. It is easily lifted from the door. And as you lift it, the door almost opens easily as if the bar was also kind of pinning the door shut it creaks open and the light that spills in from the large room behind you barely shows that the chamber ahead of you is only about 12 feet across and the corners are filled with shadow what little you can see is dingy and dirty can I, is there a torch I can grab and toss in there easy? We have our many in our adventurers. Ah. We can see. Kind of, I have dark vision. Uh, oh, yeah. You so guys cut to Shmi, and he's kind of like throwing up into the shoe that he had, and he's like, there, all better, all better. And he kind of like puts it down, and then like, ugh, ugh, and steps forward. He's going to take a peer into the darkness. Can we see anything? Okay, so straight ahead... Um, it only goes about, I'd say, maybe eight feet across. So if you look straight ahead, you can't see very much. And if you want to see anything off to the left, that's about the 12-foot length of the room, you're going to have to step inside to be able to get around that corner. I would like to, but can I check for, like, traps at the entrance of the door? Is there a way I can, like, look over some trip wires, maybe a pressure plate? Sure. I am you tiny. You can but... roll me a perception if you want to. I got a four. <laughs> <laughs> well, even with your four you can kind of tell there doesn't look to be any traps around the area but you aren't positive <laughs> Shmi kind of does like the uh, keep his body behind the door frame and stick his head like a little bit in and kind of looking around it okay there's like a wall um, so you're going to like step past the door frame like into this room to be able to see anything 
So you can't yeah. really do it. You can't really do a Scooby Doo, but you can step in there and do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Totally. Okay. Um, as you step inside, uh, you three, you hear Shmi kind of shriek and scream at what he sees in front of him. On the other side, oh, man. there must have been a mirror in there of this twelve-foot room. There are six old-looking skeletons. They rise, and they pick up their swords and bows and attempt to attack as soon as Shmi had already stepped into this room. I feel like as Shmi would have walked in, he would have saw the skeletons getting up and like animating and, and picking up swords, and he would have turned around and be like, nothing in here, nope, nothing, let's go. Yeah, so um, everybody roll me initiative, and you can say that to them and try to convince them to just shut the door, but it's up for them to do that if they want to. Um, additionally, when you do look across this room, there does seem to be a light kind of coming through, like a crack in the wall on the far side where the skeletons are. I would like to point out that I just rolled a second nat 20 tonight for my initiative. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> nice. uh, dude, sick. Okay, Shmi, you are first. What do? Uh, Shmi's going to do exactly what I mentioned. He's going to kind of like walk out and then can I close the door on the other side and I'll just be like, nothing in there. Yeah, yeah, I don't see why not. You absolutely could, but you're yeah. going to have to lift this heavy bar and put it back on the door and try to like balance it because the bar had the door kind of <laughs> pinned before. And now that you've right. lifted up this bar, um, it's going to be hard to do. So you could shut the door. We're going to do some, some skill checks here. We're going to take an action to do this. But first, I'm going to okay. need you to roll me a strength save to be able to lift this wooden bar on your own 21 has a, has a nat 20 on a strength nat save. 20 yeah you lift it <laughs> oh you lift second it second nat 20 in five minutes what the heck jeez dude okay now i need you to roll me fuck it let's say sleight of hand to be able to perfectly lay it in there and shut the door at the same time 15 15 that works 15 works you shut the door and then what do you say to your yeah. party in a very Scooby-Doo like manner, you could kind of see Smee's like legs before move before his torso does, and he's like whoop 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 whoop, when he comes in the the door, he's like nothing in there, and just like very quickly like bang like a Bugs Bunny character, and then whoop puts the thing up in the into the the slot of the heavy iron door, and he goes yep nothing, just might as well turn around and go. Okay, um, well that's gonna end your turn. I'm gonna let these guys do something first. So Coxon, it's your turn. What do you do? How how wide is this door? I'd say it's probably about, fuck it, six feet across maximum. It's not much bigger than an average sized door. And Shmi, you said there were six skeletons in there. Not nothing, Captain. There's nothing in there. We should just go. Uh, if there's nothing in there, why'd you run so fast? It, you know, it's good for exercise, <laughs> Captain. The same thing. Yeah. Well, we're trying to keep this in, in congruency here, so I'd still be saying the same thing, damn it. Oh, me and my inner monologue again, damn it. Arr. We didn't cut anything out, I promise. Perchance, we'll just come back to this later. Because you never know, we might get into a clusterfuck we don't want to deal with. Yeah, Captain, I, I've seen I've seen glimpses of the future in my sleep, and, uh, you know, it, I got some bad deja vu. <laughs> I, I think I'd be feeling you on that one. Mm. Weird, right? Yeah, yeah. it's so weird. TPK, <laughs> six skeletons. Five. So, uh, 
If you don't want to open the door, then that is going to end your turn and end initiative. But I will say, after you kind of finish your conversation with Shmi, there is a bunch of banging and clanging on that door behind you. And it seems like almost the tip of a short sword comes through the door like it was aiming right for you. Like as if in a different, distant, alternate universe, that sword hits you. (laughs) (laughs) Yarr! This be dangerous. Let's get some stuff and throw it in front of the door. Like these dead bodies. So, uh, I do want to remind you guys that there is another door to the left that is completely, like, it's it's pretty much cracked open, and there's, like, lights on the inside. Aye, and that was the right door, you said? Yeah, it's the one that doesn't say danger on the front of it. Aye, you mean the right door. Ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's, uh, let's go through that one instead, for whatever crazy reason that would be a better choice. <laughs> Unlike the barracks, this small room holds comfortable furnishings and appears to be actually well cared for. A comfortable-looking bed is in the northwest corner, and it has a wooden locker at its foot. There's a small wooden table that stands against the east wall with a padded leather chair beside it. On the table, a brass three-branch candlestick with three burning candles provides the room with bright light. The candles, though not fresh, are far from spent. Under the table, you look and see, is a small wooden box and an unlit bullseye lantern with a movable shutter over the lens. On a shelf above the table sits three books, and in the northeast corner is a closed wooden wardrobe. I would like to go investigate this bullseye lantern. Okay. Hell yeah, dude. You reach under the table and pick it up. You kind of look at it. Roll me uh, an investigation check on this bad boy. Uh, that was a 17. Oh, nice. This, you could tell with your successful check that uh, this lantern is only used infrequently. But this is a bullseye lantern. It can cast a bright light and a 60-foot cone and dim light for an additional 60 feet. Yeah. Very nice. I will hook that onto my belt. Hell yeah. Keep that for later. Help is going to look for food. Carwin's going to check out the books. Oh, okay. Help you step into the room and start smelling everything. Carwin, you step in past him and look at the books. The books consist of the following volumes on the shelf. You read the spines. There's a volume of erotic poetry that is fully illustrated. There is a naval almanac listing tide times for the area of the coast around Salt Haven. And a treatise concerning the demigod Luz and his minions. Um, so Carwin picks up all three... She's going to throw them in her backpack, but nice. before As she you throws the... pick up all of the books, the third book, a sheet of parchment falls out and falls onto the bed below. Ooh. Carwin picks it up and reads it. Um, you can read it. Inside the third book, 
Um, there's a few simple words and phrases in the common tongue and their equivalents in goblin, which apparently you said you know how to speak. Um, the words include stop, fight, lift, come, and so forth. They are uh, some kind of keywords that you assume people were using to command some kind of hobgoblin mercenaries or something. Hmm. It's like a translation sheet. Okay. And then she also, um, without looking at the inside of the pages of the erotic book, like opens it up thinking that there's something in that one too. Like opens it up upside down and shakes it. Nice. You uh, open it upside down and shake it. Yeah. And then you can, before you go to close it, you see the author says, illustrated by Machiel Abstracto, written by Turkey (laughs) Terror. (laughs) (laughs) Show me back these on Kickstarter. (laughs) (laughs) You go to the back and it says, Kickstarter credits, Shmee. (laughs) <laughs> the only one <laughs> she just leaves that one on on the uh, on the bed because there wasn't anything in it that's the her only no she doesn't have any interest in those kinds of books okay all right um, i'm just gonna walk over and grab that book and put it into my pocket fuck yeah <laughs> uh, not much there's a wardrobe look out for lions and witches they love these things there might be something in there without bloodstains. Let's take a look. Nice. You open up this uh, fucking wardrobe together. Shmi, you are blown away. Because right away you see a fancy floor-length oilskin coat. And it hangs in the wardrobe. Too big for Shmi. Yes. It has uh, numerous different pockets and it is trimmed in an iridescent green silk. Sorry, captain's it, it, coat. It, is it too big for Shmi? I mean, it's really nice. Shmi might be able to ham a little bit here. And a, hey, maybe. Shmi, you could wear whatever you want. I love the idea of little Shmi running around in a coat that's way too big for him. Oh. Trip everywhere. <laughs> 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 and a, yeah. Dexterity saving throw on every step. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a plus seven to acrobatics. We're good. <laughs> so yeah, Shmi. Like at first, he was like, "Nah, too extravagant for Shmi." But in his new, like, fully loaded with gold, feeling like a baller status, he takes the coat and he's like, "Just too bad it won't fit." And he's like putting his arms through it. It's kind of like sagging off, and he's like, "Ah, Shmi, try it out." And he just kind of walks away from the wardrobe, holding this arm that looks like a fully grown adult shack jacket on a three-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That may oh, yeah. need tailoring. True. <laughs> uh, help. While you're standing next to this wardrobe, not paying much attention to the coat, you're looking at the fine seasoned wood. And before you go to take a <laughs> bite out of it, um, I want you to roll me an investigation check on this here wardrobe. Ka-chow. Ooh, nice. 21. 21. Very good. So. Um, before you go to take a bite out of it, you see that the wood is kind of a little bit different colored in a certain spot, and you find that weird. So you go to, like, rip it off, because maybe it tastes different, you think. And as you push on it, it opens to a hidden compartment. Behind it, it holds a book, and on the front, it reads, 
Sand Bellet's Spellbook. Sand Bellet's, like as in a belt? Uh, like S-A-N-B-A-L-E-T-S. Yes. Also, there's a small wooden box. Halp is going to sniff the book. Additionally, um, I would like to roll an, ar- an arcana check. Nice. Um, it says to recall information about fae, fiends, or undead. So I guess if any of that information is relevant. Okay. Uh, 19. 19. Okay. There's nothing about fae, fiends, or undead, but um, you kind of skim through it. And it looks like it's a book that contains a bunch of spells that someone had previously prepared for themselves. Halp is going to toss it to um, Carthen or Carwin. Carwin this book it. Do for I need you. To... Thank you. You do know I love books. Thank you so much. So since he tossed it to me, do I need to do something for that? Or do I just catch it? Because I'm awesome. You just catch it. You just catch it. Sweet. Because you're awesome. Um, <laughs> one thing I have to look at. Um, also, so it also contains a small wooden box that's sitting there that was behind the book. Does he pick it up and smell it? Oh yeah. yeah, Halp definitely picks it up and smells it. All right, it uh, smells like wax. Halp mm. <laughs> uh, is going to attempt to open it. Okay, can you open it? It holds twelve candles, flint and steel, and a peach of parchment that details some kind of method of SOS. Um, Halp's going to remember that Carwin likes to read. <laughs> so he, he pulls out the parchment and then eats the rest of the box. Oh. Wax and all? <laughs> all right. Yep. All right. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Halp. <laughs> in, in like the most dejected. I saved this for you. <laughs> Thank you. Like, as dejected as she can muster into her voice. (laughs) She's beginning to realize that she needs to get to things way before he does. (laughs) You see Shmee still standing there with the same plate and knife from before, and he's like, ah, ah, ah. There is seasoned wood that is on the approved list. (laughs) Shmi's okay. Let's go back. We got money. Shmi, go buy bread. Make a sandwich. It's fine. Now that you guys have searched this whole room and kind of gathered everything, you spend some time in here double checking, but eventually you step back out of this room and out into the common rooms. All of you are kind of sitting around wondering where to go next. It seems that all is lost. But as you all look around, you start investigating things. And I want all of you guys, once again, to roll me an investigation. See if maybe... You can remember what even led you down here in the first place. 14 plus 1. Um, and then I have, I don't know if this is going to be like DM allowed in any way, shape, or form. Um, but because there were um, swords sticking out of that door. Yeah. And I'm assuming they're still swords sticking out of the door. Yeah. That are moving around. Right. Um, she uses a very loud voice to say stop in goblin at the skeletons 
yeah i don't know she's just trying something stupid oh shit bitch that's so clever what the fuck <laughs> i don't even think that is in here i don't fucking think that's in this book that is so clever i want you also to roll me an intimidation check when you say it <laughs> oh shit okay seven <laughs> You think for a split second that this was going to work, but then your lady robot voice doesn't say it loud enough, and they don't listen. The stabs continue on the door. Well, seems easy to me. Shmi kind of backs up with his bow, and he goes, they make a hole, Shmi shoots through. They break down door, we stab as they come out. Then we go in, collect stuff, Shmi goes home, gets sandwich. Shmi, do you react whenever... Carwin says stop in your goblin language all loud. Uh, no, because I think he would understand what she's trying to do. Uh, I think if anything, subconsciously, he's kind of like critiquing her accent. Like, yeah, close, <laughs> but. <laughs> and you're not smart enough to give it a shot yourself. You don't think? <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he could yell back at me. Why did you yell stop and say the same thing? And then maybe it works. No, I feel like in this, in this scenario, Shmi would just be critiquing their goblin. He'd just be like, "Yeah, it's not the best, but you know." <laughs> but... Shmi, it did not work. Did I not say it right? Now, see, you gotta say it like this. Yeah, doctor. She kind of like yells. Yeah. Roaming intimidation. Yeah, me. With a plus three. I got a 12. 12. Okay. Um, it seems you're not positive. This is so not in the book. You're not positive. <laughs> but you think for a second, if you're willing to risk it, you think that the swords on the door might have stopped stabbing when you yelled stop. I feel like Shmi's reaction to that would just be like, fine, geez, they stopped finally. And he kind of just like goes back and just like pulls out the boot that he was trying to like chew on before and just starts considering if she did it again. I want to walk up to the door. Is there, are there holes big enough for me to like jam my quarterstaff through, see if I can hit something? Yeah. You know, I think so. I definitely okay. think so, especially because of all the stabbing they've been doing this whole fucking time. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to thrust so. through with my quarter staff. All right. You know what? Roll to hit. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, you thrust through <laughs> there, and uh, you don't think you hit anything. You pull it back out. But there's no movement, no rustling, no nothing that I can perceive after that? I don't know. Why don't you perceive for me? Perception! Perception. Perception. 22. With a 22. Yeah, from what you can see, there is no here. There is no movement, nothing like that. Hi there. It seems quiet in there. Do we want to go check it out now? And you, you had us do it, and we just did nothing, because I was asking you a question if you would allow something, and we just went down that rabbit yeah, trail. We went the other way, yeah. Yeah. So... The reason you guys did the investigation was because who actually got high enough here? Halp. Um, you actually refound the muddy footprints that you followed down here in the first place. And they lead off to a wall on the very far side of this room by the stairs that you came down in the first place. And they just stop at the wall. I'm going to go check the wall. Okay. 
<laughs> I picture you walk over like, help do it. Wait, help was doing something else. <laughs> you just, everybody just watches help you. easily distracted. <laughs> yeah. All right, you walk over to the wall. You look down and you could see that the footprints literally lead. It almost looks like someone just walked face first into this wall. <laughs> oh, help's going to try to walk into the wall. <laughs> 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 this is stupid. Well, how hard are you gonna try to walk into the wall? Because if you're going full force, I'm gonna need you to roll me a D4. But if you're just gonna walk normal, then maybe not. Nah, yeah, he would have just attempted to walk normal. Okay, yeah, you just you kind of like hit the wall and then take a step back. You'd like bump into it, like it's completely solid. Okay. Uh, now I'm gonna investigate the wall because Halp is confused why the feet go towards the wall and then stop. Okay, go ahead. Roll it for me. Ooh, yeah. 21. Jeez, nice. You could see that this part of the brick and stone wall, as you run your hand along it, help the stone, you could almost see that it, it has a seam in a certain place. And then you look and you see that there is another stone in this wall that is completely discolored. Like, it doesn't belong there. Help is going to push on the discolored stone. You push on the secret stone. I mean, <clears throat> you push on the discolored stone. <sighs> and then the whole wall slightly moves. <sighs> and shuffles over to the left. Revealing stone and rock stairs that lead down into what seem to be caverns below. And as the door opens, you could hear water. Halp turns to his compadres. Halp find new room uh, a good job help hell yeah so now you guys have two different things you could do what do you want to do i i think this is a good fortuitous circumstance we have here shall we go down and explore this one yes i would think help is curious with the water being a uh, a water creature okay if it gets you guys out of here faster, let's go. You guys head out that door. You can see that this passage of these stairs beyond this secret door in the south wall, the, uh, the passage declines perceptibly. Like, you could see that it declines down towards the sea. And then it runs all the way down into an uneven, naturally formed cavern about 20 feet in diameter. There's another tunnel that leads off around to the left, and this cavern leads off around to the right. In this specific slimy cavern, there really isn't much, but there are like two patches of green slime that hang on the ceiling, roughly between the two passage mouths. Well, help's gonna you. try to grab the slime. Okay. If you want to jump up and grab it, I want you to roll me an acrobatics check. Is that what that sigh was for? You're like, I have to eat yes. this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've set myself up for this. This has to happen now. Ah, 15. You jump up and grab one of these mossy, soggy slimes hanging from the ceiling. Help is going to take the opportunity to sniff it first. <laughs> nice. You do that. It smells mossy and slimy. And wet. Now Help's gonna eat it. Help eats it. 
In the notes, it literally says, if a player passes underneath them, they fall on their head. It's moss. But instead, <laughs> you eat it. So, all right, very good. <laughs> but still, it's just moss. <laughs> I feel like you have to come up with a bunch of different rules for him eating things. <laughs> cool. So it wasn't poisonous. No. All right. It was not poisonous. Yay me. <laughs> so do we still hear water in the cavern? Yeah. yeah. But we don't see any. No. It's like, um, okay. as if, you know, it's raining outside or as if there's a river somewhere. Yeah, I think Halp would continue walking towards Yeah. Okay. the water sound. All right. This cavern that you pass into, much like the passage leading to it, has a couple of torches held in simple iron brackets all around the walls. You can see five small bolts of cloth stacked against the wall to your left. And to your right are eight small casks in a neat little row. This once again is like a 20-foot open cavern that has another mouth tunnel that opens once more out to the right. I'd like to investigate the casks. Hell yeah. Uh, help will assist. Good. Yes, very good with the six. <laughs> okay, well, um, like not very good with the six. <laughs> but even with your low rolls, uh, you guys are sailors, you're pirates. You look at the cask, you could see um, with the small nozzle on the front of it, you kind of open it up and some liquid falls out under your hand. You bring your hand to your face and smell it, and it's brandy. Oh, yeah. These are eight casks of brandy. Halp is going to eat an entire cask. Okay, now. I'm feeling like this cask is half your size. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I was imagining like a a little cask. Okay. It's like a full-on keg. You know what I mean? Yeah, he definitely can't eat that. No. (laughs) Doesn't mean he can't try. (laughs) Yeah. Carwin picks up the one of the bolts of cloth and investigate, like holds it up to the torchlight and looks at the the thread count and how good it is and judges. Nice. So these are um, five bolts of silk. Um, yeah, very nice silk. Much like the new silk coat that Shmi is wearing. It's much like that. I don't want to brag, but it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm gonna turn around and be like, "Hi, who said that?" As I just see this like lump of a jacket on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Wait, is his jacket oilcloth or silk? Um, it's oilcloth with silk like inlaid on it, green silk. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is green silk as well. Yeah. Sure. After you guys are done in this room, you continue walking, help leading the charge, trying to find the water. He misses home. This next passageway is kind of like an incline. And the passage is perceptibly, uh, the water is perceptibly louder in this area. And you can see that 
some coarse kind of matting has been laid in pieces on the floor to try to like negate some of the slope's slipperiness. And as you guys reach the very end of it, you can almost see the water. But before you do, up ahead, it kind of opens into a area. And as you guys round the corner, you could see down below, water runs all through this cavern. And at the very edge, there's a small boat. But next to that boat, you hear voices talking. And as you round the corner, you see what looks to be a tall man with a shaved head and like piercing green eyes. And he's kind of like talking to another bandit and a hobgoblin down by this boat, telling them to lift things and put them inside of this small little boat that's down there at the river. They have not yet to spot you, being that the sound of this water is so loud, you can barely even make out what he is saying over there. But you four now stand at this corner, and down below there are people. I would like to go into stealth and sneak up to them. Okay, roll me a stealth, son. What's that, Shmi? I say I'm gonna it's go a with fifteen. Him. Oh yeah, roll me a stealth for me. Fifteen. Oh yeah, Ooh. both of you guys. Nice. So you sneak up past around the corner. There's a couple of like empty crates that they look like they've already unloaded goods out of, and you guys hide behind. What you can kind of make out from what he's saying and his pirate slang is that he's talking to these two as if they're kind of like helpers in this operation, and he's like. Are ye, I want to expand this operation. You know, eventually we can inhabit a more secure location to, you know, better pursue all of me magical studies and all of me trade. We'll be smuggling for a long time here, boys. We just gotta keep up the good work. And you know I'll sacrifice both you fucking losers to make sure that we meet our goals. There's more shit at stake than whatever you want. I'm gonna pull a dart from my belt, look to Smee, and give him a wink. Captain, wait, wait, Captain, wait. What if matching pants are in one of those crates? Shmee would like an outfit. And he kind of does like a little twirl with his jacket. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Don't put a hole in Shmee's pants. (laughs) Shmee, that's why you aim for the head. Ah, how many? As I flick a dart out towards the tall person. Okay, dude. Roll me to hit. Let's do it. Ah, it's a 21. All right. Now remember, you also get stealth damage on this bad boy. Yeah. um, How do I add stealth damage in this? It's 1d6, my friend. Oh, 1d4 plus 3 plus 1d6. Roll. Ooh, that was some damn fine stealth damage. That's a one. For a total of six. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, you guys. Roll me initiative. And remember, Shmi, you are still hidden. You have not attacked. You're still hidden behind that crate. Okay. 19. Nice. Carwin, three. Hey, it auto puts it in if I create the encounter first. Yes. Sick. Nice. Nice. All right, help. 
You are first, my friend. What do you do? Uh, how close am I? About 15-ish feet. 15-ish 20. As the crow flies, at least. I'm going to charge and attack the person that Coxon shot with the dart with my trident. Hell yeah. Let's do it. 25. Damn. Yes. <laughs> nat 20. Nice, dude. Hell yeah. Is that a nat 20? Yep. Yeah. It is. Hell yeah, buddy. That's it right there. That's double damage. Roll it. Let's go. Yeah. I also picture, like, he still hasn't even turned around yet. So you're charging at him with this trident <laughs> when he isn't even fucking paying attention. 11 damage. Bro, that's still a lot. You stab him right in the back, eh? And he's like, oh, what the, what the heck? And he's got a dart in the back of his head. And he's like, shit. It's his turn, though. He turns around and looks and sees Captain. And he sees you, Halp, standing there. And he's like, what the? Why? What are you doing here? And he casts Ray of Frost at... Well, I guess you, Halp. You're closest. For aesthetic. Yeah. Before he casts that at me, uh, Halp is going to roar, Halp is here for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Odie. <laughs> okay. He's making a ranged spell attack against you at disadvantage. If it hits, you will take 1d8 damage and your movement speed will be reduced by 10 feet. So... That is a 17 or 16. Yeah, both hit. Both hit? Okay. You take 8 damage, and your spell is reduced by... Your movement speed is reduced by 10 feet. He will also be using a first-level spell slot of Magic Missile against you, Captain Coxwin the Sea. <laughs> so he creates three glowing darts of magical force, each dart... Hits a creature of his choice that he can see within range. A dart deals 1d4 plus 1 force damage to his target. The darts all strike simultaneously, and you can direct them to hit one creature or several. So, straight to you. Instantaneous. Okay, that is... 2, 2, 4, plus 1. That is 9 damage. As an aside, this is a level 1 encounter? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just count double check. Yes, it is. We really got to remember to take short rest while we can. Every HP counts. What do you do? Shmi, he, uh, he's, he's still in stealth here, so, you know, kind of hanging out, enjoying the jacket. And then he realizes, oh, shit, the captain. And he peeks up over the uh, the edge, and I feel like fires at this guy just as he completes finishing his magic missile with his, his newfound crossbow. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So let me know if a eight with a plus five and rolled an eight. Rough. So You're too short. Yeah. Oh. You're hiding behind the boxes. You can't see. Dead. <laughs> okay. See, so, yeah, I feel like you would fire the crossbow bolt. He misses, but I'd like to use a bonus action of hiding again. So can I roll stealth? Go do back you and have see. that ability? I do as a goblin. As a goblin? All right. Nimble escape. I can take disengage or hide action as a bonus action on each of my turns. Okay, fuck yeah. Sick ass. Let's do it. <laughs> 20. 30, 20. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you come out and miss and then hide again. And he's like, where did that come from? <laughs> I just, I, pretty, I feel like he just kind of like, when the guy looks over, it's not that Shmi actively tried to hide again. He just sees a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just hides in the jacket. Yeah, he's re- he's reloading right now. He didn't even try oh, to hide. He's just not holding it over himself because he's reloading. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it is now the bandit's turn, one of the bandits he was talking to. The bandit sees this shit going down behind him. And after just taking all the awful words he just got from this guy, he turns to him and he's like, screw you, dude. You're on your own. And he hops in. <laughs> one of the boats there's two small boats down there and he hops in one of the boats that is empty completely and he grabs the oars and begins kind of getting away and you can see the hobgoblin next to him kind of turns and he's like what but it's not his turn so he can't do anything but cox in the sea it is your turn i'm gonna rush up to the tall guy and come in with a tavern brawler strike hell yeah dude on screen move there we go Plus five to hit. That is a 15. 15 hits. 1d4 plus three damage for yeah. six damage. All right, six damage. Hell yeah. He's like, ah! Six damage, then I shall go into my grapple. All right. For a 17. To grapple? That's pretty good. He's going to try to, should I guess, get out of the way. You got a six, so you succeed. You grapple him. Nice. Oh, yeah. Got him in a rear naked choke. Yeah, get him, Captain. That's all you hear from a nearby <laughs> jacket. Yeah. They have a coat speaking up again. Yeah, dude. Um, it is now the Hobgoblin's turn. You see he turns and runs out into the water and leaps into this boat. And they both start rowing away together. Now it is... <laughs> Carwin's turn. Now, Carwin, I want to tell you just a little bit of insight. That book of spells you got earlier? Yeah. If you were to read it or want to read it, you could actually learn exactly all of the spells this guy has prepared. A little bit of metagaming here, but... Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if she would do that in the moment, because she doesn't know this dude's name, because it said his name on it, right? Yeah. Okay. But I will do that probably in the future because she's all about getting the most knowledge. But um, so she casts shape water and she makes it into a five foot cube and she sticks it on the first guy's head. And so now he's actively drowning. (laughs) You mean like (laughs) this sand bullet guy? What the fuck? So, like, the dude that... Wait, wait. The guy that Coxwin is grappling? Wait, wait. No. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. The guys right. that are trying to get away. Okay. All right. Cool. After one plus con bonus, minutes of holding your breath underwater, they fall unconscious. Your hit points fall to zero, and you can then survive for a number of rounds equal to your con modifier. After that, you begin your death-saving throws per the standard rules. However... If you become stable, there is a problem. If you are still underwater, you can't remain stable. So you must start making death-saving throws again. This continues until you die or you are saved. So, one plus con bonus minutes. (laughs) First guy. (laughs) 
Um, his con bonus is one. So for two minutes, he can hold his breath. <laughs> Realistically, that's pretty impressive. One minute. I mean, I'm sure is... it's very disconcerting. One yeah. minute is ten rounds. That's a long ass time. What? Don't they mean turns? That doesn't make sense. Okay, so twenty rounds. Yeah, each round's only know. like three seconds. Yeah. Then never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Fuck, it's a good idea. Really it was it's so a good smart, idea. though. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. All right. <clears throat> well, hell. Oh, you know what I can do. Mm. Um, how far away? Now that I've run up to the edge, how far away is is that boat? They probably made it about twenty feet so far. I'm imagining they went ten Damn for it. the movement speed and then twenty. Why? Because I need them to be in 15 to grab one of them with my lightning lure. Why don't we let the dice tell us if you're if he's within range? How about that? Let's see. And because That's a I'm hoping talking is a free action, I can yell um, Gustuki or whatever it was in, in Goblin to tell him to stop. <laughs> Gustuki. I don't know what it was. <laughs> so I'm saying you cast out your lightning to try to grapple him and pull him in, and you yell Gestuki as this lightning comes at him, but it misses because he he failed he succeeded on his save, right? And he's like, okay. "What?" And he totally looks over at you, and then he looks at his his pal whose face is just covered in water, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, like what the fuck is going on?" Oh yeah, okay. Well, does that end your turn? Help! It's your go. Your buddy is grappling this guy. Um, so the blood that is uh, seeping from this guy's back from where I stabbed him, um, it starts to make me kind of excited. So I'm going to do a blood frenzy, which um, gives me advantage on a single melee attack roll I make against a creature that doesn't have all of its hit points. Once I use this trait against a creature, I can't use it again until after a short or long rest. Nice. Come at him with my uh, trident again. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes! Did you get another nat 20? Damn, dude. I, I got Damn, another, dude. Another, nice. yeah, another nat 20. Dude, what the nice. fuck? Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Okay, and, and to, to clarify, after rolling the, the nat 20, it automatically puts it on crit damage for me. So. Oh. Cool. 13 damage. All right, you kill him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you kill him. Do you want to tell us how you do it? Well, I mean, also, Coxwin is grappling him, so you kind of, like, stab the shit out of this guy while Coxwin's just grappling him. You know what I mean? You guys are like a team, <laughs> giving him the one-two. You know what I mean? He's, like, choking yeah. him out, and you're just, like, stabbing him in the stomach, and you're like, <laughs> die, bitch. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he does die. And as he falls to the ground, he says... You've killed me, but you can't, you can't stop us. It will grow. Halp looks at Coxin and says, Dinner is served. As you just see me sort of twist and flex my arms and you hear this little simple crack as I just break his neck for just double security. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So initiative, um, is over. You guys, for killing him, get 200 XP split between the four of you, so 50 each. Wait, I was still doing the dudes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, 
They're floating away in the water. Do you want to continue? Yep. Hell yeah, yeah, I do. Hell yeah. Okay, he is dead then. <laughs> Shmi, it's your turn. What do you do? Uh, Shmi kind of like finally gets done with the crossbow and, and pops up out of his coat. He'd be like, eh, trying to fight it to get out of his eyes, and he sees the other two trying to get it away in a boat. Uh, I'm going to take a shot at him. Yeah. All right, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'll do. Shmi's going to run out and be like, and stay out. And he's going to just fire uh, blindly of the 14 at the guy in the back of the boat. Nice. Close, closest um, to him. Well, you hit the guy with the water on his head. Absolutely. Roll me some damage. Six damage, yeah. Six. It's his turn. Uh, he's currently drowning. I'm trying to figure out what he would do in this situation. Like, it's not like magically attached to his head, right? No. So like, I mean, I just... shaped water and just kind of put it in in his same spot. Yeah. So he's just gonna kind of like row forward out of the water, and then like turn around and be like, "What the heck?" Because he's got like an arrow sticking out of his shoulder. He's like, "I don't need ah," and he's just gonna use his movement speed to keep rowing to get further away from you guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, the guy that's in the boat that just took the arrow, how far away is he from me now? Now probably 40 feet or so. 40 feet? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to run up 30 feet and toss a dart at his head. Okay. We're going to say you run all the way to, like, the edge of this cavern. They're, like, cavern walls that kind of run around the shore. Um, yeah. Like, you guys are kind of, like, underneath some kind of cliff. So this is, like, a river that runs, like underneath and through this cavern so you could run up to like the wall and you can get just close enough to go on ahead and and roll it for me let's see what happens and uh 19 to hit 19 is gonna do it let's do some damage and for seven damage all right he dies and falls off the boat (laughs) down into the water he got one captain i did as uh, the boat continues to float away, the hobgoblin just stands up on the boat and flips you guys off as they float out of this cavern area, out into the open sea. He just stands there flipping you guys off. Is he, he still have, within 90 feet? He doesn't have any uh, range. Uh, yeah, he's probably, um, I'd say, <laughs> 60 feet away, maybe 70. Yeah, if you guys want to keep attacking him. It is your turn, Carwin. What do you do? Um, she's going to cast chromatic orb with a range of 90 feet. <laughs> um, she's going to do three D eight. Da- um, let me think. Mm, lightning damage. Okay. Three D eight lightning damage. Chromatic orb. <laughs> so 18 plus five, 23. That hits. He's dead, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That's 10 damage. Oh, (laughs) you almost killed him. (laughs) But you don't. But you don't. That's amazing. He still, he takes the lightning damage to the face, like, (laughs) and he's still standing there, like, (laughs) flipping you off. Help, it's your turn. What's the movement speed of the boat? Uh, It's a really small dinghy. Well, he's not using oars to flip it off. Yeah, it's true. So he's not, like, actively pushing it, so it's moving pretty slow. Um, But it is still going with the current. Um, so it's only like, and it's a small dinghy, so like 20 feet maybe at a time. It's not very big. Okay. 
I was going to say, I would like to point out we could just end this. We don't need this. <laughs> it doesn't need to happen. We've committed to killing them. Let's just yes. finish them off. Yes. Yeah, I'm just going to let him go. Okay. okay. All right. You let him go. He floats off. <clears throat> now you guys get um, 225 experience to split between the four of you. Whatever the fucking math Jumping on that Jesus. is. Yeah, you got an extra 25 for killing off that first bandit. So, you guys now stand on this shore in this outcove. Um, behind you, there are empty boxes. In the other little outcove, there were casks of brandy. I'd say, like, what did I say? Five of them? Or there's eight mm -hmm. of them? Eight of them. Yes, eight. there's also five bolts of silk. There's still an unexplored room. There is a boat here. This boat can fit probably, I'd say, up to six people. Um, it's not very large, but it has like a small little sail and room for six people to be rowing at a time, like six little seats. It's not very big, but it is a boat. What do you guys do? Let's loot his body. Hell yeah. So he is carrying a item. It is a wondrous item. Ooh. It is a long, delicate wooden pipe. That features a bowl made from smooth river stone. When the pipe is lit, smoke exhaled from it does not dissipate, instead lingering around the bearer. After ten minutes, the smoke forms moving shapes that reenact the bearer's most impressive and heroic achievements for five minutes. When this realistic performance is complete, the smoke dissipates, and then the pipe can't be used again until the next dawn. This thing is called the Pipe of remembrance. Ooh. Pretty cool, huh? What was it called again? The pipe, pipe of remembrance. remembrance. <laughs> Remember this, damn it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, he's also wearing some armor that looks real fancy to you. You take it off. It is uncommon armor that is scale mail. Um the enchantment on it. While wearing this armor, you have a swimming speed equal to your walking speed. In addition, whenever you start your turn underwater with zero hit points, the armor causes you to rise 60 feet to the surface. The armor is decorated with fine fish and shell motifs. This armor consists of coat and leggings and perhaps a separate skirt, if you like, of leather covered with overlapping pieces of metal, such like, much like the scales of fish. Hmm. Well, that'll fetch a nice price. Fetch a nice price. Mm -hmm. I I don't know about you, but let's say we load up the boat with as much of this brandy and bolts and stuff as we can, and head on back to the city and sell her off. Hell yeah! Help will just run back to the, or swim back to uh, the city though, because help swims faster than the boat. Oh yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, my my walking speed is already my swimming speed. Hell yeah. Yeah, then I'll throw on the armor and do the same thing. <laughs> if you want to. And then you could leave these guys. You're going to leave a Warforged and a Goblin to row a ship. A heavy, heavy ship. No, no, it's fine. Shmi's got this every time. <laughs> well, you, you said it has a sail on it so they can sail it in. Yeah, so we're going to put, you know, these 
eight casks of brandy, five bolts of cloth, the other like um, chests that we couldn't open you could up. Like get away with eight of them because um, they're full on kegs. You might be able to do six with two people. I would give you six with two people. We could do some math and some weight and shit, but if you want all of them, you're going to have to come back for them. That's fine. We know where they're at. Yeah. Shmeek it alone. You guys just sit there. Look nice like you always do. <laughs> Shmeek just starts to reluctantly like pick things up and put them into the boat. Um, so, uh, again, this cave opens directly into the sea. The tide is out at present you guys are in these caverns it's kind of cool up at the top like it's like large brown and black kind of like rocks that the tide has kind of beat up over the years and it goes up over this whole area and at both ends there is an opening that leads out into open sea like around um salt haven so you can go either direction that you want and either way, you'll make it back around to the main city after a little bit of sailing. And it isn't actually that far. Um, you guys will just be sailing around the way that you actually walked up the path previously, if you want to. Or you can sail out to sea with these fucking casks of brandy if you want. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you, if that's what you want to do. While Halp is swimming uh, back to this uh, city, um, he's going to be muttering, da-da. While he's swimming through the water, <laughs> really trying to put together the musical piece. He's right. On. <laughs> All right, and I also will say that um, Captain Cox, and if you want to, because Shmi is such a small goblin, you could fit on the boat as well with six casks. Okay. Yeah, Brandy, if you want. Yeah. So I'll just sit him up on my knee. Exactly. Yeah, you guys can fit there. Captain, my captain. Oh. You guys oh. begin rowing back to Salt Haven. And uh, you could see that after all of this time, <clears throat> it seems that the sun is actually starting to rise over Salt Haven as you guys leave. It's kind of beautiful in a way. There are some seagulls chirping. The rain has finally settled and disappeared. And you guys row. And even in the water next to the boat, you could see Halp. You could hear him singing to what he thinks sounds like dadum, dadum. But to you guys, it kind of sounds like eventually make it back to the docks and find a nice little place to park your brand new little dinghy and you do your best to try and park your dinghy as close to the empty net tavern as possible so you have a less bit of time to walk but it's weird because as you approach it seems that the empty net tavern isn't as bustling as it was before it's very quiet you can't hear much on the inside. You guys step up on the shore together, ready to turn in and see, maybe get some answers about some of the weird shit that you just experienced in this odd haunted house. Next time, our heroes return to Perry the Pirate to get some money for their plunder, get some answers, and they go on a little shopping spree and meet the people of Salthaven. Thank you so much for joining us, tuning in, and letting us keep you company. We will see you once again next Friday for the next episode of the Grouch Couch Cast.